Hi there, House Culture listener. If you enjoy this episode or have enjoyed listening to other episodes in our series, please support and donate to us through the Acast Supporter feature. All donations will help us create the content that you love listening to. You can decide how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So it could be a one-off and every now and then or once every time you listen. It's really up to you. Click on the supporter link in the episode description and with Google or Apple Pay, it will take you less than 30 seconds to make your contribution. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey guys, this is Luke Van Dyke, and you're listening to the House Culture Podcast. House Culture. Hi everybody, you're listening to the House Culture Podcast with me, your host, the Managing Editor at House Culture, Matt Rouse. I hope you're all well and are looking forward to what I'm sure will be a scorching summer season of shindigs in the sunshine. Get those tickets bought and those bags packed, party people. I'd also like to thank you for tuning into this podcast and giving us your full attention over the next hour. It's you, dear listener, who helps keep this show going. So don't be afraid to tell your friends and invite them into our club culture community. And if it's your first time here, I'd like to warmly welcome you to House Culture. We are a collective of house music fans who have come together through their mutual love of the beat to celebrate the spirit of house music. The main room is over on Instagram at housecultureNet. So if you don't follow us there already, make sure you grab your spot on that virtual dance floor of over 100,000 other revelers to receive your daily dose of dance music. And if you want to become a true connoisseur of club culture, you can do so by browsing our back catalogue of podcast episodes featuring legends from our community. I'm talking about interviews with such luminaries as Paul Oakenfold, Roger Sanchez, David Morales and Purple Disco Machine. And if the new school of talent is your thing, you can also hear us chat to the likes of Josh Butler, Alan Fitzpatrick, Sidney Charles and Andrea Oliva. Whatever era you're into, we have got you covered. In this episode, we sit down with an Amsterdam-based DJ and producer who's been creating sick beats since his school days. His name is Luke van Dijk, and in our chat, you'll hear our competition set him on his way in terms of success. I also did this DJ contest, and I won that. I was super ready. Like I- I've spent like thousands of hours in my studio at home or on my DJ set, and that's why the DJ contest was perfect, because I could just show that I'm a good DJ, and actually get something of it. How a certain Jamie Jones helped promote his music. I I basically made everything that I thought Jamie would like, Jamie Jones. So I sent him my music and he was like, oh, okay, I got a video tour manager uh, that Jamie was playing my tune at Elro. And I was like, it's happening. 
the creative process behind his hit album First Contact. That's also one of the reasons that at some point I wanted to do an album. I really wanted to show my world my more artist side, that I'm not just a tech house DJ. And why the club culture community is such a special one. If you are on the right dance floor, the right music, the crowd and the club just emerges into this big group of friends. So, here he is. This is Luke van Dijk. House Culture Hi Luke, thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to sit down with us on the House Culture podcast today. You're a talent that has been producing since the age of 15 and you've released tracks on iconic uh, labels such as Hot Creations and Solid Grooves. You also run your own label and have recently released your debut album. We want to get into all of that. However, we always start at the beginning on the House Culture podcast and ask if you can tell us whereabouts you grew up what kind of household it was and how you first discovered music there. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, thanks for having me, first of all. You're welcome. Yeah, I grew up in a little town in Holland called Hilversum, mm-hmm. which is near Amsterdam. And both of my parents were like in music. My dad recently retired from, uh, which has been a 35-year career of teaching music mm-hmm. on high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom has been an opera singer for, I think, 30 five years as well so yeah music was always uh yeah i was around (laughs) at home that was quite nice actually because i was just at home and like my 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 dad we we had this big sound system in the living room and Mm -hmm. and it was uh let me draw the scene there for you like we had this swing in the middle of the room uh which that that was that was my thing like i was always on the swing just swinging (laughs) And listening to music, listening to like CDs and records for my for my parents mm-hmm. and my my mom was more into classical and musical um, music, and my dad was more of um, yeah jazz mm-hmm. and um, yeah basically like everything was uh, we had at home. So I was just listening to every type of music, and I, I just liked it all. And it started like at some point I was growing up a bit more. I was I think like seven or eight and I had to play the piano mm-hmm. always that was one thing uh necessary in the house you had to play an instrument right, my okay. brother uh yeah my brother played the piano as well and could play a little bit of guitar uh-huh. I tried the guitar but it's just not for me <laughs> um so I always played the piano uh for like six years and basically whenever I did something bad I got punished <laughs> <laughs> and I had to play the piano so we're like okay that's not good of you. You go play the piano for one hour. And I was yeah. like, ah. And, but eventually, uh, like, I'm very happy that they pushed me into mm. it. And I was about 12 and, and always still listening to music, to radio, always to radio and on the swing. And and I got this new piano teacher um, who uh, teached um, jazz. Mm. And um, the cool thing about jazz, uh, jazz is that I, improvisation is a big part of playing jazz and that's what all started to get fun for me because I, I could just like play the basses and then try whatever I wanted to try and just have fun on the piano and and at some point I um I started to compose mm-hmm. like music because then then you then you then you improvise and you make this this little melody and you're like oh that's actually pretty catchy and then you gotta you do more with that and this one day, my dad came home from school with uh, this, like this door, uh, DAW uh, mm. Cubase, mm-hmm. 
with uh, yeah, it's a musical program mm -hmm. to make music. And he, uh, he had this this old synthesizer from back in the day, and I started just to just to have fun and getting those ideas that I made on the piano into the computer. Mm -hmm. And I was about 12 then. That was kind of the start for me that I really started to like make music. Yeah. Not not with any idea, not with not just the typical style of music, but just yeah, songs. Yeah. And during that period I was still listening to the radio and you and I bumped into across this this radio pro program called uh dance what was it called dance department mm -hmm. and you had clubbing and both both those uh radio programs had um guest DJs every every weekend yeah I was just listening and I was like whoa and I heard all these tracks that I never heard before mm. and um I was like holy shit okay and then you had this um you had the free rock shop mm -hmm. in uh in holland it was a musical um chain where you could buy music mm -hmm. that was just i i went there with some money and and and, and i saw the the cds of the same program that i heard on the radio and that's just mix cds mm -hmm. i was like what and okay so so i bought i bought um every every month i bought a new cd and i was on the swing and listening to the cds i, I, I because i wanted to hear those records again that mm -hmm. i heard on the radio mm -hmm. and yeah that, for me that was a, like a big big step and i was just like listening to music and at some point yeah of course um djing was very normal in mm -hmm. that um in that scene and yeah. i was like yeah i'm making music now i want I'm, I'm i'm trying to make dance music now so yeah i think i also want to be a dj as well mm -hmm. because i was always showing my friends music and always busy with music listening to music and when I when I turned I think twelve or thirteen I got this this little Behringer DJ controller for my birthday, mm -hmm. and that was that was it. That was like okay, yeah, this is this is cool. This is what I want. And mm -hmm. whenever there was a somebody's B day or my B day or a school dance, whatever, I was just yeah. okay. I'm I'm DJing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing my DJ controller, yeah. and um, yeah, that was a that's a really um, like a young guy just messing around having fun and also getting the support from your parents because mm. they were like yeah it's music uh, do whatever you want that yeah. that's super nice to have that yeah i mean i was going to ask like what was your what were your parents impressions obviously you know you mentioned your dad was kind of from the jazz camp your mother was an opera singer was there they were just happy that you were interested in music or was there any kind of yeah. like oh you know it's electronic dance music was there any kind of looking down on it in any way yeah to think about it i i never felt that they they were always kind of open-minded about music mm -hmm. they didn't care what it was i i remember that my brother always listened to hip-hop so i was listening to every kind of music and uh my 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 parents were also very down i remember um into uh the offspring this mm -hmm. old school rock band yeah. and we are uh, in the car we just jammed that jammed that little tape all day long was so good so no no they, they were just into everything and in my home as well so that's maybe that's why we will we'll get into that later of course mm. but i think that also um is one of the reasons that for now what i'm doing now is also so in my point of view kind of diverse uh, because i just like every type of music yeah um but anyways um it was super nice to um, get the support from my parents. My brother was always like, "Yeah, you need to." He he, he, uh, he never did anything with music. He works at the bank now, so he was always like, "Hey, you gotta you gotta go into school, and you you had a, you have to have a plan B and everything." And I, 
my parents were always like, okay, you know what, just do what you want because, mm. like, after after all, we we managed to do it, yeah, and um, it's all good. And uh, I was in high school. I was about fourteen or fifteen, and I I was on this. Uh, I used, I don't know how education is in, in the UK, but mm. I was on this this level where uh, what I was doing was a little bit too much for me. So I dropped down mm-hmm. uh, a level. And while I was doing that, I was like, hey, this is fine because now I can just also make music and uh, spend time to um, to work for, and to buy a nice DJ set. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was nice because I, I just did school. Everything went well. And, and on the other hand, I could just, when I came home, I could just make music and DJ. And that's what I really what I liked. And after school, I went to uh, the Herman Broad Academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically uh, a university for, yeah, just uh, artists. Mm-hmm. And um, you had this, um, I basically was studying dance producer. That was my, that was the, yeah, how they called it. Mm-hmm. And they told me everything there about being a DJ, being an artist, uh, labels, everything, what it what it needed, social media, career, everything. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to be in that school. So I just... Yeah, I'm. I'm very glad that. Um, yeah, I got into that because they uh, every year like 300 students apply and only 30 get in. Oh wow! So, yeah, and and going to that school while still DJing and I was DJing slightly more, like uh, not only birthdays but <laughs> also real clubs. <laughs> uh, and um, everything was just like everything went kind of organic mm. which is very nice mm. because i was still living with my parents at the age of like 17 mm. and and i went and i went to the school and and i got more gigs and that was that was very nice and the thing about being in a class with 30 other students that want the same thing is so unique and nice mm. because i think most of the things i've learned on that school was just from my um classmates because yeah. It, uh, you go into the studio with other people and and yeah you just learn from each other yeah. and see what each other person is doing uh, because of course like a teacher has their own opinion so they say that's not right mm. do that mm. you know but that's the nice thing about music is that it's kind of yeah there's no right or wrong yeah. and yeah going to the studio with your with your classmates and then just checking what they're doing mm. and seeing if there's something in there what you can apply to your workflow yeah. that has been game changing yeah. for me yeah and was there was it a collaborative spirit in there or was there like an underlying element of competition between everyone do you think no no not really because everything had the everyone had their own like skill and uh, interest mm-hmm. that's what they they did quite okay on that school is just checking out what a student has to offer um i remember that when i got in uh, I was fairly okay at DJing fairly okay at producing uh, and I started back in the day I started with like making commercial music mm-hmm. and at some point I started to listen to tech house and techno uh, we'll get into that later mm-hmm. as well and um, and they saw, and then when I signed up I, I sent two tracks from what I like like tech house and one like commercial song so I also show them that I got more to offer than just what I am. Mm. So that was kind of my package. And I had a friend of mine in the class and he was only a super good DJ, but he couldn't produce at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were like, okay, you know, they just look at what you have to offer and what you have to learn still. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a lot of house music. And mostly most students did like 
EDM commercial music yeah. and also like trap, uh, dubstep and everything. So it wasn't, it wasn't quite competitive because it was all very like, um, it was very mixed. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. And I don't know if it's still on that school, but our class, we, we really helped each other. Mm. And I got my best friends in that in that class and, and we helped each other and we got each other gigs yeah. because everyone everyone was from all over Holland. Oh. So basically, um, I was from Hilversum and a friend of mine was from Amsterdam. Mm. So I said, okay, what if I get you a gig in Hilversum? You get me a gig in Amsterdam. <laughs> and that's kind of how, how it went. And uh, that was so cool yeah. uh, to be on that. Yeah. It's cool. Um, you know, that's it's amazing. You've had that kind of grounding. You know, you've come from it from a place of of uh of love anyway you've enjoyed doing it you've got this amazing educational grounding there i mean what lessons from that era at that academy still kind of resonate with you today that you still hold dear to you when you're producing material well that's that's the thing about what i just said earlier that there is no right or wrong Mm. and that's that's so nice and just figuring out what 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 you think is important in your sound because they said like you had to make music in Logic Pro and some people were just better in Ableton. Yeah. And you, you can be a teacher and say like, yeah, but logic is better. No <laughs> technology changes. Yeah. And it's all about what you think is important. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I learned like I've learned everything about mixing and, and EQing, uh, in producing, but now I'm, I'm, I'm totally not doing everything that I learned there because sometimes you want to have an old school, raw mm. like nasty kind of sound mm-hmm. and then it isn't important to have a clean kick or whatever you know yeah. so it's all about just listening and, and 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 understanding it but also just because it's music do what you think is best yeah, yeah. and um that's always lesson number one and it's yeah of course it sounds easy but yeah it's it's something you learn along the way and it just happens mm-hmm. but the other thing that was nice that um they and i still like i um I'm not that uh, that good with collaborating mm-hmm. uh, and making music with other people because it's it's kind of a personal thing mm-hmm. and it's yeah I don't know it's it's just some people are good in it some people are bad yeah. I'm one of the bad people <laughs> uh, but um, um, they forced you just to make music with also singers mm. and they because that school was bands hip hop singers songwriters dance producers so. They they kind of said like okay you need to make you need to make a track with a a, a singer and a, a guitar player and you're like uh yeah I don't want to yeah you have to mm-hmm. this is cool yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah I've learned a lot there because it's sometimes it's it's good to just even though you think it's it's not my thing just do it mm. and you got forced to do it so that was kind of nice to just also learn to collaborate with other people because that's the best thing about like if you if you see what other people think about music and how they're doing it it's a it's super easy to learn your way and 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 like getting bits of other other people's magic into your workflow and your your work so yeah it's it's kind of interesting how that um how music works and especially when you're still learning because that's I had I, I went to school which was super nice. I, I just I was busy with twenty four twenty four seven with music. I went to school, when I come back I just also make music, a DJ or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh and now what's so cool about um especially when I noticed in the COVID time that now with with internet 
you can learn everything. <laughs> and uh, I also had internet well, when I was making music back in the days, but now it's just so like, you have so many tools and, and it's so more specific as well. Mm-hmm. Like when I started making music, I was like 10, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, you had YouTube and you're just like, okay, how does this program work? But now you don't only have, how does Ableton work? You can actually, and it's a fact, um, Google how to make tech house like Luke Van Dyke. Like, <laughs> yeah. And somebody made a video how I would make no music. Way. It was funny. I was I was watching and I was like, yeah, this is not how I make it. But <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like a song I made. Which, But it's it's cool. But it's um, I've seen so many up-and-coming DJs and producers from two years ago that just like dived into it yeah. on YouTube and, and, and made like really good tracks like four months later mm. like when i started making music i was at least like five years in well when i had a track i was like okay this is okay you know <laughs> i can show this to people yeah but yeah. now yeah things things go really fast as well it's it's crazy yeah it's crazy i mean you know it's an incredible resource as well isn't it for people to learn and things like that and grow i mean when you were first producing tracks or you you know you you had you you built a big following on SoundCloud and you were releasing a lot of your your uh, material through that. Um, you know, just take that, us through that's that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 a that's a that's been a game changer for my career, mm. I think, because um when I just discovered like really like making music and DJing, uh at time when I was in school and they kind of said to you like, Okay, either you have like three ways how you're gonna make it into this into the scene, like one uh, you make a you make a hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, you invest a lot of money. Uh, three, you can also nowadays you can go viral. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's the same thing as a hit, but it isn't uh, like it can also be like social media. It's not only about like making a hit record. And uh, I was really intrigued by that because I was always like very like okay, uh, what can I do? I, I just I wanted. I was always searching for um, opportunities, and when SoundCloud was, I think SoundCloud was fairly new. Mm. I was like, "Whoa, okay!" But now you don't need a label anymore. Mm. You can just put out songs, and people will hear them. And to me, it was not about like having millions of streams. I was more like, "Okay, I'll just put on this song that I just made because I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone else thinks it's cool." And I really remember, if I think about it now, that you put on a track on there and you said like you had 100, 100 players and you were like, oh, whoa, 100 people listen to that track. And then you started checking out and you see the countries the way it was, uh-huh. where it was listened and, we, ah, and that like that enthusiasm that, that it gave, like it's, that's crazy. And then you get like weird like emails from fishy like labels from America, you know, uh-huh. like, well, you know, what? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to make it, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> of course, no, that's not the case. But, <laughs> SoundCloud was my thing because mm. I was very into that, okay, into that energy and that, that like, okay, you could just put something out and then get messages about it. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to look for new labels um, because they don't want my, they don't want my music. Mm. And thinking back, I kind of agree <laughs> um, because like my first real releases, if I, if I listen to them back, I'm like, okay, the ideas are very good, but still the mixing and, everything it's it's not that good Mm -hmm. it's not that i'm but i'm still very proud of them Mm -hmm. but 
I get I get why labels don't don't sign the tracks that I made. So, anyways, <laughs> I, I thought, okay, I'm just gonna put them on SoundCloud. It's uh-huh. free download because then just people just download your music, support them, play them, and uh, yeah, that's it. You know, yeah. and it yeah, it never was about making money, and I was still living with my parents, so I was I, I didn't have the urge to to really make money. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and at some point, yeah, the the hype edit shit and the repost to download you know uh-huh. that, that that was like wow okay mm-hmm. so now you can like make people go to a link to download your tracks and that's why i started like releasing music yeah. and you had to like my facebook page that was yep. that was the thing that and that's also worth money you mm-hmm. know so that was nice I, I was just like releasing music getting likes because that was that was the most important thing for me then back then like okay i need more facebook likes but that's that's gonna give me gigs you know <laughs> uh not fairly true but at some <laughs> point it was <laughs> um and uh now nah, i was just making music mm. and, and 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 releasing a little bit i got more at some point i had like a couple of thousand plays i was super happy and then i was like okay i was in this like second year of, of the of the academic and um i was like okay i need to okay how do i how do i get more likes i, I really need to to grow you know mm-hmm. and i thought okay the viral thing is is that something that's still approachable and it's like okay yeah let's let's try that and i was just trying to be funny on social media just being myself more as well mm-hmm. instead of all the cool DJs sharing photos of their jets, which I, of course, uh, yeah, still don't have. But, <laughs> uh, but I was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to show different content because mm. it's not always, why does music have to be so serious? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and at some point I was just like making funny shit and, and also sharing my music. And I was at school and uh, there was this viral video going around of guys saying like, I in very bad grammar, like I, I fuck the moms all or something like, and that was, that was very funny uh-huh. and everybody liked that. And I was like, okay, what if I, what if I uh, do that in a track of mine and, and video that I'm making a track of that, like that funny video. And that, that went viral <laughs> and it got like thousands of likes and, and, and people were asking like, okay, what is the track? Come on, send the track. And, and it was crazy. I got like radio DJs sending me stuff. Like, and, and like, I remember that Oliver Heldens, who was just just before or just blew up, sent me like, hey, I need that track. And I was like, but there is nothing. This is it. It's just like, this is what I have in the video. It's, yeah. I remember it's 14 seconds, which was Instagram story. Uh, no, they hadn't had stories. And um, 14 seconds, and that was it. And I was like, okay, uh, I need to finish it right away. And mm. I just finished it in one day and I put it on SoundCloud, free download, uh, like, um, like to download, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I had ten thousand plays in one night, which was for me like oh like holy shit. Yeah. I st- I still haven't I still haven't got that <laughs> in years. <laughs> ten thousand plays in one night. So anyways, it was it was crazy. And um, yeah, that that kind of blew up, and and that gave me a lot of gigs mm. uh, and uh, and a good like um, starting level yeah. because I was just playing uh, like thought three or. Four times a month, but now I really got like, uh, like the fees got to like I think four or five hundred euros, and mm-hmm. no, I think a little bit less. But anyways, it was more like there was a, a like it pushed me to yeah. to like uh, the other people see me as well, mm-hmm. and that was that was super nice. Yeah, and to finally have a little 
sprint yeah. to to yeah to be a a bigger DJ. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so so those gigs that you were getting from that moment. I mean, would you look back on that and think that that was potentially like a big break or and and the gigs that it was getting you were they just li- limited at that point to to Holland? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially when the, because the song was Dutch as well. So mm. basically, I was I was eighteen, I think, then, and around that same time, I also did this DJ contest, mm-hmm. which was called Kunstbender. Mm-hmm. It was really big contest of culture, like poetry, like arts, like uh, rapping, um, DJing, uh, and I did that contest a couple of years. But it was the first year that um, I made it through the first round. Mm-hmm. And you had like six or seven rounds. So like two rounds and then you had the quarterfinals in Holland. And uh, and then you started like competing with other cities. And then eventually you had the big finale, uh, finale in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And I won that. And I, it, that was crazy. That 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 time like like winning a DJ contest. Because I knew I was, I was super ready. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've spent like thousands of hours in my studio at home or on my dj set making playing music i was i was like okay i i, I can do this mm-hmm. i just need to write resources to to show people that i can do this mm-hmm. and that that's why the dj contest was perfect because i could just show that i'm a good dj mm-hmm. and actually get something of it because the nice thing was if you won conspender you uh you got to play the mystery Lens festival which was biggest festival we had in holland yeah. of dance music yeah and um i won that i got to play mystery land and they, they even put me on the main stage <laughs> which was like I, there was for me there was like wow how was that i mean was that nerve-wracking oh no no yeah yeah of course it was <laughs> nerve-wracking but on the other hand i was like i can do this yeah you know? so it was a, a no it, it was good but that was um at the, that same period i released that that funny viral track yeah. so I was like, it was, it, I, I felt like things were like mm. really like popping off mm-hmm. and I did the gig, I, I, I'd done well and then just gigs started going. I, I got, uh, recently then I got an, I'm my first booking agency and I just got gigs more and more and, and, and um, one of my classmates uh, introduced me to um, a friend of his mm. who organized uh, Deep House and Tech House parties and he was playing commercial music so he was like yeah I, I can't do everything I can't do anything with him so maybe you can and um, I started playing his parties and his parties started to get bigger and bigger and bigger and I was his resident so I yeah. was that was my first residency and I just started to really like play big cities in Holland and learning how that works as well mm. so the world is like so. I had the residency. I had the 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 Mystery Land Festival. I had the Firewall Track. Everything was going so well. Yeah. Like all at the same time as well. Like all all, all, all yeah. at the same time. That mm-hmm. that was uh, I think timing as well. And you you can time stuff, but timing can do a lot. You know, like like how how many tracks went got a big hit because it was just the good timing. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I started to get more gigs, not not outside of Holland, but uh, just in Holland, and um, that was the point for me to um, to also send tracks to other labels mm-hmm. uh, because I was kind of ready and it, it, it sounded good, and I was kind of done with the free downloads, and um, yeah, uh, then I sent my music to uh, Hector Cuto. Mm-hmm. He was a yeah a fairly big DJ in Spain, mm-hmm. uh, still is, and yeah, he basically like 
he gave me a platform for me to release my music yeah. and yeah it was a, a, mu a label from spain so yeah a lot of people saw that as well and um also a lot of uk djs releasing on the label as well so mm -hmm. yeah that was kind of the starting point of, of yeah also getting just sending music to bigger labels bigger yeah. labels and achieving more achieving more like bigger parties better slots and then play belgium and then yeah that it, it kind of from that from that point i think it's like seven years ago it just went very organic and just uh yeah it's a little bit more up and up and up and when that happened i was like okay and I, I need to I need to release my music on big labels because mm. um yeah I've done I've done the label rounds and I was like okay I, I need a I need a big label now you know some a label that really can get me a lot of gigs yeah. and yeah of course I was a big fan of Hot Creations back then mm. and um yeah that, that was like the biggest label and and I was like okay I, I need to get my my tunes on there and I, I basically made everything that I thought Jamie would like Jamie Jones <laughs> yeah and uh, but I could not get him my music because mm -hmm. I, I sent him emails, but it just didn't come through. And then I thought, okay, when he when he's playing in Holland, I just need to go and see him mm -hmm. and uh, make sure he sees my face, talk to him, and give him my music. And that's what I did every time. Every time when he played in Holland, I was there. And I was mm -hmm. just like, hey, I'm here again. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if the USB and the USB uh -huh. thing never worked, <laughs> never. I never gave someone a USB and, and got an email back like, hey, great track. Oh, man. Never. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> and um, so at, at some point, I, I got his email, but mm -hmm. he didn't check it. And I think like the sixth time that I saw him, I, I went to his tour manager. Yeah, he just got a new tour manager. And I said to him like, hey, man, really trying him to, to, to listen to my music, but it just doesn't work. He was mm -hmm. like, hey, you know what? Here's my cell phone number. And uh, I think I was a bad choice <laughs> to give it to give my, myself. But anyways, um, so I sent him my music. And he was like, oh, OK, I'm going to show him. And that same night, yeah, I, I got a video of the tour manager uh, that Jamie was playing my tune at oh, Elro. Wow. And I was like, I was like, oh, OK, this is it's happening. Yeah. And because I knew like if he just hears the track, I, I'm 100 I'm, percent I'm sure he's going to sign this. Mm. And. I did say this like 200 times in my career, but that time I was right. <laughs> uh, and and a week later, I got an email from Jamie like, "Hey, uh, I want to release this uh, on my label. Awesome. Um, do you do you have something else that we can uh, make it into an EP?" Uh -huh. And I was like, "Oh, okay, wow, okay, um, private jet, here I come." You know, like <laughs> I, I was like, "Okay, yes, 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 it's happening." And and um, I sent I sent him like six tunes and. Mm -hmm. And then it's on, okay, we got, we got an EP, um, let's go. And um, this was like, I think the fourth year in really having a little bit of a career. And I remember that I had my first gig outside of Europe mm -hmm. and it was in, in Tokyo, in Japan. I never got back there. It's such an amazing city. Yeah. I really want to go back. Mm. Uh, anyways, um, so I was on my way to Japan and I, I sent him an email with like, mm -hmm. hey, I, I made a new track. Here, here mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was, that one was called uh, Parallax, mm -hmm. and and the other track that he signed was Dimension. Um, and I sent him the new track. I was like, hey, maybe it's something else. And he was like, oh, but how? and he just emailed like, okay, but this is I want this one, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> so maybe we can skip the B side of that tune and um, put it together. Yeah. And it was like I think forty days before the release, 
and uh, I was like, yo, sure, whatever, whatever you want, you yeah. know. And uh, then I got figures that he was playing in a time warp, and that's kind of also where a little bit of hype came because mm. uh, he had this mix max stream mm-hmm. uh, at time warp, and he played the track, and I saw a lot of people in the comments like, hey, what is that track at? What is it like? Forty-eight minutes? Hey, what is it? And uh, I was like, oh wow, yeah, it's my track, and <laughs> a lot of, it got a lot of likes. I was like, yeah. oh wow, it's. Then I started to get messages like, hey, is that Parallax tune? Is it yours? Yeah, yeah, it's mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's coming. And um, yeah, that was uh, amazing. And, and and the cool thing that what I saw is that he played the track uh, in the stream of Time Warp, and I was listening, and I and I I was like, hey, this is this is sounding weird. Uh, what is he doing? Mm. And then he was playing it again. So he was just he played it and then he played it again. Mm-hmm. So I heard like the how do you call it the phase? Oh yeah, the phase, yeah, phase yeah. issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And he played it again. I was like, huh? And and when when I saw that, I saw the crowd even more wild. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's coming again, you know. And I was like, oh, that's so smart. Okay. And then I just made some small edits into the original and said like, hey, um, I like that what you did at Time Warp. Uh-huh. Let's just put it in the track. And oh, good. And the release came. And it came out and I and I said to my agency, I had a new agency, I said, okay, whenever that track's coming out, like be ready. It's it's then it's finally gonna happen. Because mm. the, the I was saying to my agency, like, oh, why are we getting gigs outside of Holland Love more? And they were like, Yeah, but you need good release, you know, you need a good release. And I had this release, you know, I was uh, releasing a hot creations, the biggest label and and had a very good track and it came out and that was kind of it. Like it just it just came out. Mm. I got some UK shows, which was nice. Also, started my UK career. But mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, okay, when I release this, I I thought I was gonna be like a superstar, you know. <laughs> feel that, the jet. <laughs> yeah, feel the jet. Yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's that's all. Yeah, like sometimes you can have that. That's the thing. Like there isn't a formula. Mm. It's not like oh, we're gonna get you gigs. Um, you're gonna get your international gigs if you have a yeah a release on a on a good uh uk label it's just sometimes it's just it's just other things as well mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i was thinking i was going to be a big dj then and but it just didn't kind of happen mm. but it started to grow yeah. so it started to grow more organically and i have to say looking back i'm kind of happy how it went mm-hmm. because having a like an organic career and not having this big hype or like yeah that can that can really help as well yeah we've spoken to so many artists and djs on this podcast and you know people that have had that massive moment um and the hype you know from their point of view is sometimes hurt them in their in their career to have that to land so large at the very beginning yeah the expectation beyond that is difficult to live up to sometimes yeah yeah it can it really can be Mm. so it's I think I think when when that happened, it wasn't it what like it, I'm being a little dramatic. Like it's it was not that I was like fuck oh no way. Yeah, I got some. Uh, it went into the Beatport top uh, hundred, so I was happy. Mm-hmm. I got more shows. The fees went a little bit up, but I was like okay. Um, this, no, I think what I'm what I'm trying to say. I was just so living up to this moment, mm-hmm. like spending years and years sending him my tracks, making music for him. When it came out, I was like, okay, so uh, what's next, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Uh, now what? Because, yeah, I'm still doing everything I, I, I did and it's going better and better. But I was like, okay, okay so so what's next? And I was like, okay, let's try and do it again. 
<laughs> yeah. I know why I thought. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But anyways, so every month I send him tracks again, sending mm-hmm. tracks, sending tracks, sending tracks. Then um, it, it never worked again. So mm-hmm. I just I just bumped into him. I said like, come on, just tell me, what do you want? You know, like what? What uh? What do you want from me? Like mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I've tried everything. Like he was like, you know, don't, don't try so hard. Just go into the studio and make some music and have fun. You know, yeah. just don't like if you if you're making tracks uh, for my label, what's coming out now? You probably already are like six or seven months too late mm-hmm. because that track is already passed. Yeah, I've been playing it for half a year, so try and make something and 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 try to make something new and that was really a game change for me yeah. because at that point i just went to the studio and just like make music that i thought was was nice yeah. and that was also the start of what is what has become my album now because mm-hmm. on the album as well which you kind of talk later about is that yeah it's just it's music it's like everything like it isn't just a tech house but it's also house or it no beat at all it's just it's it's a feeling and that's 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 what uh that has been so nice since mm-hmm. that point i just like me like making music and having fun mm-hmm. and um at that point i started to because i was making the tracks and i couldn't find a proper home for them because yeah it isn't hot creations it wasn't uh solid roofs it wasn't uh, it wasn't anything mm-hmm. you know so but I did have fan, fans asking, like, when is it coming out, you know? And mm. I was like, yeah, I'm not, I don't know, because <laughs> I don't know where to send it to. Yeah. And that's why maybe maybe I have fans enough, and maybe it's the time to give back to my fans mm-hmm. in start, instead of looking for new ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why I started my label, Dark Side of the Sun, yeah. just to to give myself more freedom yeah. uh, to release whatever I want mm-hmm. and especially whenever I want mm-hmm. because now if it, it doesn't work out finding a good label for a track mine, I'm like, okay, then then I'm going to release it myself. You know? yeah. 
And um, that's what I also say to, oh, wait, wait, let's take a look. So I, I, I made a label, I was releasing stuff, and it was basically a platform for me. Mm-hmm. Then I got label of uh, demos. And I was like, demos, whoa, people send the music to me? Yeah. Like, huh? I, I, okay. That was, that was kind of weird. That, that's, that's, that's the, I think the moment that I really thought that, okay, people do really think I'm cool or whatever. Mm. No, like it's, it's funny. And, and I, and I start getting demos and demos and I start releasing uh, EPs of other people. And what I'm still saying now to, to DJs and young producers, like, like they send me tracks and I listen to the tracks and I was like, ah, yeah, it's cool, but I, I've heard it before, you know? So I always say to, to the DJs, like, I'm I'm hundred percent sure you have tracks on your computer which you don't know where to send. Mm. I'm hundred percent sure mm-hmm. because every producer just makes music sometimes and get into this weird little uh uh inspiration flow and just make something really different, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I said, send those tracks. That's the that's <laughs> the tracks that I want to hear. And that's the same thing with Jamie, I think. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, they just think like music is always changing. Mm. And it, it could be nice, like having the next big thing on your label. Mm-hmm. And it's especially like the last two years have been very like interesting what's happening in, in the music world. Yeah. Because the tech house from three or four years ago is, is kind of gone. And especially like EDM music is just, it's not there mm-hmm. anymore. And mm-hmm. now, especially what I saw with uh, during Amsterdam dance event, uh, we have the Ziggo Dome in Amsterdam. That's mm-hmm. that's the um, the biggest concert hall we have. We had like four, like five Awakenings techno parties in that um, music room. So that is like techno. And then I mean like the the more Rainier Zonnefeld, Charlotte de Witte, the more main stage techno. That mm-hmm. is that is the new EDM. Mm-hmm. Just just look at the 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 Tomorrowland stage main stage last year. You know, so it's so so sick to see how in a good way like how, how things are changing now and yeah. and and everything 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 just got a bit like quieter and slower mm-hmm. like the main stage music now is more like minimalistic mm-hmm. and uh, the main stages of a tech house festival is is becoming more minimal and more house you know mm-hmm. it's it's really uh it's good i'm very happy with this because I, I just i just really like house music and and also more complex house music and i was like touring in america mm-hmm. and thinking like okay people like tech house is fairly new here because like the last like i think yeah like edm music was very big there and yeah. I, I had my first tour and i just really noticed like wow i could just easily play whatever i want here because people do like it you know yeah. and i think that's also because of definitely social media that has a big influence in that mm-hmm. into giving like uh, music that music changes so fast mm-hmm. six or seven years ago you had a you had an edm dj getting big here then a year uh, six months later they had a tour in in uh, usa and two years later they had a tour in uh, in asia mm-hmm. and now with tiktok and, and Instagram and all the resources we have, people can all listen to it at the same time mm-hmm. and just go with the flow as well. And and I, when I when I was in America for the last time, I spoke to a lot of DJs there and upcoming DJs and, and more local talents. And they're all watching to Europe. They're mm-hmm. all all checking out DJs on Instagram. 
from Europe and see what's happening in Amsterdam, in Berlin, in in London. You know, they all things happen, things change so fast, yeah. and it's. I think I think it's 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 good, it's good us as well. Yeah, I mean, it's always been a community, hasn't it? It's always been people on the dance floor listening to a DJ. It's just exponentially grown out now. Anyone can listen to anything anywhere in the world at any time from any, you know, any DJ set or whatever. And you know, people. Um, you know bemoan the the prevalence of phones and things on dance floors and sometimes things like that however you know those videos and that music that can be shared amongst people and those moments you know surely brings on another generation of people that are interested in it as well yeah like social media isn't that bad at all Mm. like it's yeah it has its negative points of course but this is also the good thing and that's that's nice about that um music is such a yeah what you say like a community thing it's it's it brings music music brings people together especially i really noticed that while covid that like i want to listen to music together you know and 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 you had this in holland you had a lot of like this this more like listening events where people just listening to music together mm-hmm. and if you if you are on a dance on the right dance floor with the right music it's you just like the the crowd and the club just emerges into this big group of friends Mm -hmm. and you have because that's the thing you have something in common everybody is there like if i say on a good dance floor Mm -hmm. is there they all have something in common they like that dj they like the tunes that he plays so that's the thing that we have in common at that point Mm -hmm. and that's also that's the the fun thing about social media is that you can just make friends so easily and and stay in touch with people all over the world and talk to each other and have a big connection with someone you know like there's so many djs of friends that i that i know via social media and still haven't met yet you know (laughs) (laughs) so weird but uh yeah it's it's very it's very interesting yeah yeah yeah. i mean if you just rewind a little bit like you mentioned dark side of the sun your label um, I mean, in yeah. terms of like, you know, you've taken us through, you just wanted it as an outlet for yourself to be able to to have that place where you can just be yourself and release what you wanted to release. And you're getting demos coming into you. How, who's the filter in terms of what you put out and judging those demos? Is it just down to you yourself or do you have a team around you? Do you like to share things with people and be like, what do you think of this? Or do you just believe in yourself? No, especially the label is very personal. Mm-hmm. I'm not very good at listening to demos, but that's just because I'm I'm very complex when it comes to being an A&R and, mm-hmm. and also being a DJ. Like the label is maybe even too personal for me. It's mm-hmm. just that whenever I, everything that I want on the label has to be exactly what I like. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sometimes it's not even... But the, the idea behind the labels, especially like other tracks with the other artists was that, okay, if I play it, it's good enough. I want it on the label. Uh, but now I, I get a lot of stuff, so it's not that easy anymore. Mm-hmm. But it is very personal. And, and that's also the, the catch as well of having a label. I, I wanted the label to be um, a place for, for people to release that kind of unique music. And I'm actively not looking for, how do you say, top 100 tracks. Mm-hmm. I wanted the label to be just a place where you can release just good music. That's it. Just just good music. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's like I, I found it very hard when I was making music that everything had to have something that sold the track. Mm-hmm. Every every label said, Yeah, there's missing something, I don't know, like a vocal or this. 
otherwise it's not gonna sell you know mm-hmm. and that's ah, i hate that that's that's what I'm, I'm i'm always like from a dj perspective i'm never i'm not really looking anymore to new releases i'm most of the time i'm just looking back mm-hmm. into old catalogs or old finals or old bandcamp releases that's that's so nice like bandcamp release such such like cool unique mm-hmm. shit from back in the days mm-hmm. and when i'm all checking out the labels that i like from back in the days that they just released fair good music mm-hmm. that's it mm-hmm. if, if i listen back to to tracks that i play from back in the days they don't have this sick arrangement or this something special just a good flow and a good beat and a good groove and and sometimes that just that's just it that's just good enough and but that's that's the catch also with the label because it does help a label mm. to grow if you have tracks that sell, you know, mm. like if you, if you have some Beatport top 10 tracks on there and, and cause then people know the label and then they, they start getting into the label and as well that the label is so diverse that people don't actually know what its identity is mm-hmm. because that's the, that's the, the thing about dark side of the sun. I, I wanted just as me, that it was diverse and it was like um, a lot of different sides, you know, of of, um, of everything. And yeah, it, it can happen that um, fans of the label like don't like this release, mm-hmm. but do like that release. That's kind of hard, and that's yeah. the same with me. Like, not every not not every one of my fans would like every release that I do. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. I just like to to keep it exciting. I just like to to have more to have everything you know not not to be there's so many artists that do the same thing over and over mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm I'm just not a really big fan of that mm-hmm. and yeah that's that's also one of the reasons that at some point uh i wanted to do an album mm-hmm. because i was i was making so many different tracks so many just music that i thought okay maybe this is kind of weird for my audience that I would just release the track like this uh, any other day. And I was like, okay, what if I, uh, what if I make an album? Cause that's the thing about an album. Every album has their weird bits on it. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 the weird tracks. And mm-hmm. that's what I really liked about making an album is that just letting your inspiration flow and just trying because then, you know, like, ah, it's an album. It's cool. You know, it's, it's fine. If it doesn't get picked up, maybe a lot of other, other tracks on the album will do, so yeah. that's nice. And that, that was so cool about making that album is that I wanted to have, like, I really wanted to show my world my more artist side, mm-hmm. that I'm not just a tech house DJ, mm-hmm. just more, also, like, uh, like just a musician. And if I'm on this, I wanted to be a more, like, poppy, poppy album, like, power, like, um, a big artist would make an album, mm-hmm. but then just with let's say, underground music, you know. Yeah. So I was just making interludes and everything because that's what the, the cool albums have. And <laughs> I want I was just making yeah I was just making like short bits of music. Mm-hmm. And now when I was making the interlude, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna try because it's it's just gonna be it's just gonna be like a one minute track. Mm-hmm. And and then at some point it just drags you into that project and just and you make the weirdest stuff mm-hmm. and and. I think like four of the interludes on the album just became full tracks, <laughs> like tracks of four or five minutes that still now I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I can just put on the mute the album and I hear that track, that weird track, and, and I'm like, wow, this is I, I'm really happy with this, you know. And and that's and and when I listen back to to releases I did two years ago, I was just making beats. Mm-hmm. When I hear the beat, I'm like, mm, yeah, okay, fun, but 
yeah okay you know like uh, it's a beat yeah cool uh nice it works on the dance floor but mm -hmm. if you make something that it's just uh, i don't know from this weird energy that you had back then it really it's yeah it, it stays with the soul or something yeah, it's it's yeah. just um yeah it's 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 funny it's funny how it goes and and i'm so happy with what the album has become yeah i mean the album first contact it's um you know it's interesting that you say because about about an album and a dance a dance music or electronica album is sometimes so difficult to create to like get it to all hang together as an album sometimes it could just be a collection of singles and just like bangers yeah. and that's all it's going to be but to really put some thought into it to have a flow to it i think it's always i love listening to an electronic music album that that does that it isn't just going to like beat you over the head it's like a whole listen you can yeah, yeah. sit down and you know good bits for the club but also good bits for at home as well yeah and and that's that's the that's the fun thing about an album about some albums is that when when you have an album like let's i'm 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 a really big fan of um of Kendrick Lamar and uh, you don't really hear it in my in my music but that that's fine it's his music anyways and i i couldn't make stuff like that i'm, I'm not that good <laughs> so when i listen to albums like that you put it on okay and you're ready like you're gonna listen okay one track to another and you're like mm, okay well this is not this is not kind of kind of my thing, but okay, I'm just gonna listen more and, and you get into the album and then you you're done. You have the album finished and you're like, okay, four five, four or five tracks max really got my attention and I really like. And then you're gonna listen to that tracks and then later you're kind of done with those tracks and you start listening to the full album again. They're like, oh wait, wait a minute. Uh, wait, the tracks that I didn't like at first were actually kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And then you start to like those again and more and more and more. And that's what the cool thing about an album is. And that's what I kind of hope as well. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not having big expectations from the album. You know, I'm not thinking like, okay, when it, when it came out, it's, no, it's more like I want to make something that I'm super proud of mm -hmm. and I can still stand behind like five years later. Like, okay, this is what I've done. And, and if, if people like, for example check me out in let's say uh five years go to my spotify and and see this album and hear this old tracks that i made before it can be like it can be timeless you know mm -hmm. so it's then they hear those old tracks like oh that's nice uh, okay this is cool you know so that's that's the nice thing about an album is that's such more uh how you say like lifespan mm -hmm. than just uh, uh just a, just an ep you know mm -hmm. That's yeah. That's kind of what I like of an album. So that's that's kind of why I made uh, yeah an album like this. Excellent. I mean, so you know, you've done the album. Um, you know, what's um twenty twenty three hold for you? Kind of what's next? What's on the plan? What haven't you done that you want yeah. to do and achieve in the next twelve months? Uh, well, I would hope to say that I won the lottery in like, <laughs> the next two months, like. <laughs> Uh, listen back to the interview. Oh, that was when I when I didn't have uh, tons of millions of the bank. No, but <laughs> no, uh, um, no. What I really I really want with the album to to do, uh, to show more my my artistic side. Mm -hmm. And actually, like today, I'm I'm going uh, back to the studio and finish my live sets mm -hmm. um, because I really want to for this year, if 2023, mm -hmm. I really want to do some live sets as well mm -hmm. and, and really show. I wanna. I think now last year was so nice with everything going this is gonna i really have the feeling that to 2022 is gonna really be my year that i'm on my best like i released my album i have this life set which i'm 
which is going to be very cool. It's going to be more also with, uh, of the show, you know, like, so it's, it's not just the club life set. I also wanted to be in, in like in a concert halls or whatever, mm-hmm. not big, but just, I want to, I want to really show like, to the world that I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, I also, how do you say, uh, I also uh, launched my new concept, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm going to do parties with 2023. It's really going to be, um, a year where everything is going to make sense. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> I have my album, I have my life set, I have my new concept, the labels, I, I for the Dark Side of the Sun label, I, I'm now working on some releases that are killer. Mm-hmm. So that is going to be nice. You know, it's 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 uh, it's been an interesting year, like uh, from doing the, the Circo Loco parties, which was basically my biggest dream ever. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I, I found my sound. Mm-hmm. I found the, I was, I was last, last year, I was so looking to what do I want? What do I want to to show to the world? What, uh, what kind of, you know, in, in, in music, you have all these, all these clusters, mm-hmm. like you have all these, you have the underground, you have the main stage, you have mm-hmm. the, 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 the hype music, you have this, that. Mm-hmm. And I all, always felt that i was kind of in between mm-hmm. but now i just know that i'm i'm in between like i just i i just like everything and and now especially with my dj sets i felt like i finally have the sound that i want to to show mm-hmm. to the to the audience and it works like it, it kind of works so yeah it's it's um it has been an interesting year and i'm just I found happiness, like solid, like happiness in uh, where I am that where I am now. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't I don't have I don't want to be the next Jamie Jones. You know, I don't want to I don't feel like I don't I don't have to be a superstar. It's just what I'm doing now. I'm just so happy with that. Mm-hmm. And I release more. I realize more and more and more that to me, it's all about just playing good music in the right rooms yeah. and last the last couple of the, the last year has been so good i I've, I've been finding myself at yeah in in the dj booth at the right time at the right place you know it's just uh the in september i played um circle loco in the in the second room mm. from three till five mm-hmm. after high and before enzo siragusa mm-hmm. and i was there with all my friends and like, i think like 20 friends and and the energy in that in that room was crazy. Like I, I was playing the best set I ever did, and it was I was playing everything. I I went from 125 house music to 137 progressive and trance and kind of ghetto house. Uh-huh. It just was it was everything, you know. Like and and you have a couple of artists that sometimes you you see how they're developing, and at some point as an outsider you see okay you are at your best now mm-hmm. you're at your prime you are really happy with what you're doing you know it's that's kind of around the same time when patrick topping um started his trick label mm-hmm. his trick parties that's like ah okay so this is what you <laughs> like this, yeah this is what, what what you love to do and, and that's why i um, make sure and, and build that i'm in the most comfortable comfortable place ever with having my own parties where I decide what's what you're going to listen to and what's the vibe. Mm-hmm. And with my label that I'm going to decide what's on there. Just it's more about not looking so much at other people and, and what the industry wants or needs. Just like 
it's more just what do you want and where do you find your happiness it's a, it's all about you and 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 sometimes it's very hard to to find that spot mm-hmm. and uh, of course this this music industry can be super hectic and demands a lot of of your mental health mm-hmm. But it's all about you. It's it's what is your happiness? Mm-hmm. What do you think is important to you? A lot of DJs that I know, just that I spoke to, just like oh, I'm just super happy with what I'm doing. DJ DJing is more of my hobby. I have my regular job in the week, and in the weekends I just like to play music now. Mm-hmm. And if if that's your happiness, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, if your management say, says to you like, hey, we want you to be on tour 365 days a year, and you don't want that, just tell them. Just mm-hmm going to uh they they can they if they're if they're decent they understand mm-hmm. it's it's now i'm at this point where i think like ah yes i i know what i want to be and and what i am and it, it gives a lot of headspace yeah and and it gives more time to focus on the good things mm-hmm. and uh, on the things that you want i i i always struggled a lot with uh mental healthness mm-hmm. mental health and now when i'm when i'm looking around me what other people doing and i'm like ah oh, shit i want that spot as well i think like i no it's okay just think about that life set yeah think about the life set just go and think of that and and make that work mm-hmm. and that's a, that's the same thing with the album if it flopped i don't know maybe it already flopped <laughs> <laughs> maybe 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 it didn't mm-hmm. but it's more like I'm so happy with 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 what I made, and if you made something that you're 100% convinced with, mm-hmm. or that you think like you think like okay, this is this is what I am. If it doesn't work out, that's fine mm-hmm. because then you you just tried and you 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 were yourself. But if you tried something that you wouldn't believe in the first place and it doesn't work out yet, that's stressful. That's yeah. your, then you're like. What do people want now? I don't. I don't know anymore. And at least if you're doing something that you're okay with, then it's just fine. That's just life, you know. Mm-hmm. Then then you can be happy with it as well. What you know, wise words. And what we've been talking about as well. You have had that journey to be true to yourself and to find all that passion from within is so much more rewarding. You know, we have been talking for for over an hour now, which is great. It's perfect. You know, we we always have the final question at the end, which is, you know, we are. We are house culture and we are so interested in not only the music of the scene, the community, but the whole culture around everything. Um, And your kind of contribution to that, um, you know, has been great so far. And we can't wait to see, you know, your and follow your future career. I mean, at this point in your life, what has the culture of the scene been? brought you apart from kind of happiness and you know a creative outlet what else has it brought you personally (laughs) so yeah that's a fairly good question i think the coolest part about this culture is that it it brought brought you a lot of friendship Mm -hmm. and i've made so many new and really close friends with really good hearts that you you can support each other you can do something for each other as well and that's what i think it's it's so nice about about music is that it, it really connects and a lot of people are always struggling with everyday stuff you know not not only in in in, in music like life is it's it's tough you know so that's the thing to be in a branch that preserves joy and happiness to people is is also a very confident mm-hmm. thing you know it it's just so nice to be in a position where you can 
make people smile, you know, like and have a good time. And it's not as that it's not like I'm a doctor or anything, <laughs> uh, but it's just it's just nice to to be in a room anywhere in the world and you can have fun with each other. Mm-hmm. And that that was the the sad thing about COVID is that life was so dark back then because music is everything to us, you know. So being back in places to meet new people and connecting with each other over music and making new friends that is I'm, I'm so happy what now like when that was away I was like wow now I know what a joy this is mm-hmm. and how lucky I am and we are to to be in this position and yeah just do music you know it's so nice it's really um really special <laughs> cool that's perfect place to to wrap it up thank you so much luke it's been an absolute pleasure yeah thank you man it was nice house culture that was a good one wasn't it i think you were lucky to even hear that interview as i accidentally switched off my recorder near the end and almost lost all of that audio it was my absolute worst nightmare and the first time that's happened So let's thank the Google gods that I was able to recover it all for your listening pleasure. So let's ignore my technical failings and marvel in the amazing journey that Lucas had all the way from his swing in his parents' lounge to the stages of huge festivals around the world. I loved hearing about his musical education, both at home and at school, as well as getting an insight into the creative process behind his new album, First Contact, which is available across all platforms now. And for those regular listeners, you may have realised that we didn't cover off Luke's choices for our perfect playlist on Spotify. However, he has been good enough to send me his tracks after the fact. So, for his Catalyst track, Luke has chosen the absolute banger that is Yoris Vaughan's Goodbye Fly from 2012. For his floor filler, he has opted for his very own hot stuff from his aforementioned new album First Contact. The tribally tinged beauty of Eden Burns' Inver Cargill is his choice for a sunsetter. The tearjerker, a track that just fills Luke with emotion, is a track that has come up before, being Anya Schneider's choice for a last tune. It's the full strings mix of Octave One's Blackwater. And finally, his pick for a last tune is the slice of techno funk that is I'm Lonely by Hollis P. Munro. So, if you want to listen to those choices, Alongside all of the selections from our previous podcast guests, fire up your Spotify player, search for the House Culture Perfect playlist, stick it on shuffle and turn it up loud. Also, if you're on Spotify, you can now leave us a comment on this episode in the Q&A section just under the episode description on your mobile. So don't be shy, get in touch. If Spotify isn't your thing, you can also leave us a review on Apple or get in touch with us on our Instagram page at HouseCultureNet. We always love to hear from you and we'll give you a shout out on a future episode if you have something nice to say. This time around, I'd like to say a big shout out to the person on Instagram who goes by the name of Ishimi, who told us that as a proud member of the S-Man Army, she loved hearing more about Roger Sanchez's journey in our recent episode with him. Thank you so much and make sure you stay tuned because if you loved Roger, you won't believe who else we already have in the bag. So, this is the end of the show. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at HouseCultureNet to keep up with all the goings-on in the world of house music. And if you want to get in touch with me directly, 
You can do that also on Instagram at DJ Matt Rouse. Thanks for listening. Rave safe and see you next time. House Culture. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.